for you today. We have a phenomenal conscious conversation because I have on the show with me today, Miss Lakia Downs. Miss Lakia is a licensed clinical social worker, a coach and consultant. She is the founder and owner of the SOAR firm. So get ready to fly on all the golden nuggets she's going to share with you today. She's a private mental health practice. She has a private mental health practice in Greenville, South Carolina. Lakia is a graduate of Lander University, where she obtained a Bachelor of Science in Sociology and a graduate degree. All tongue tied because I'm so excited about this conversation. And she is a graduate of the University of Southern South Carolina, where she obtained a master's in social work. And what she brings to this conversation today is over 10 years of experience. Lakia empowers individuals, couples, and families to navigate through and overcome life's challenges in the areas of work-life balance, I need that, anxiety, depression, grief and loss, relationships, and trauma. What I love about Lakia is her passion for helping others and serving in her community. 
And in her spare time, she enjoys running OCRs. She's going to tell us a little bit more about that. Traveling and trying new restaurants. So I can imagine, you know, what kind of food stories that she has. But without further ado, I'm introducing Lakia Downs to you. Hi, Lakia. Hi, Dr. Dina. I was so excited. I'm like tripping all over the bio. I'm like, okay, I just want to get to the conversation. <laughs> I'm very excited. Very excited to Yay. be here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And I, um, as I was sitting there thinking like, wow, there's such a host. And the fact that what you bring to the conversation today is also the science of it. Mm-hmm. The practice, the research of it, but also the the realness of what it's like to walk through walk through glass. And by walking through glass, um, I decided um, maybe a few shows ago because it just seemed like be a great question. Is that before I tell people what it means to me? Um, the, now, if you've been listening before, okay, you already know my take on it, and hopefully you're a subscriber. But I want to hear what the guests have to say about when they hear and think of the idea of walking through glass, what does that look like? And what does that mean to you in your right now? Um, For me, I think obviously glass is transparent. So when I think about like walking through glass, I think about being able to see something on the other side that I want and that I desire and being able to break through that barrier, which could actually be representative of the glass in order to get to where I'm trying to get to or to, um, you know, attain whatever goal it is that I'm trying to achieve. So that's kind of what I think about when I hear walking through glass. Ooh, I like that. Like I said, I have been loving (laughs) all the (laughs) versions of it, seriously, because when it downloaded to me and it was the divine download. And when I tell y'all it was a divine download, I was driving on the way to a project I was working on. And I was just kind of like, kind of praying and meditating. I do that a lot when I'm driving. And it just kept perplexing me that many of the women that I were working with, that I was working with and that I do work with who are high performance women who have um, high visibility jobs and their COO, CFOs. And yet when we'd have these conversations, I was often talking to the broken little girl. Mm-hmm. So they're what I call like this badass and they're, they're handling the job. But I said, oh, so they broke through the glass ceiling. They're in male dominated fields. Um, the glass is all shattered and it literally was this divine like kind of thing. It was like, but who's helping them walk through the glass? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, wow. Like it just, it, it was just like that. Cause everyone's like, got to break through the glass ceilings. I'm at this breakfast, this leadership woman's group. And everyone's saying breaking through the glass ceiling, breaking through the glass ceiling. And they're talking about how to do that. But it was for me like, well, then who's going to help you walk through the glass though? And then God said, mm, you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I pulled over my car and tears streaming down my face because it was just, it was so much other stuff kind of going on because when we talk about our journey and I tell people that, thank God, I don't look like what I've been through. Number one. Number two is that this journey is not for the faint of heart, 
but it does require some courage and some clarity and some consistency to do that. And so I pulled over and just started jotting down some ideas on what walking through glass. And so I started to frame the book. And while the book's in creation, um, again, staying on brand and my coach is like, okay, why don't you do the podcast? And I go, what am I going to call it? You know, <laughs> and it's like walking through glass. And I thought, are people going to get it? And it was like, well, they'll get it. They'll get it. And so when I think about what inspired me to kind of start this podcast and start having these conscious conversations, you know, I thought, wow, other women, I guarantee, I guarantee that either A, they're having these conversations in private or B, they're wanting to have these conversations and can't find an outlet. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And we need platforms like this to help facilitate those kind of conversations because I think sometimes there is shame attached to our stories and we don't want people to look at us differently because we've created an image that we want the public to see. But like you said, up underneath that image or that mask, there's a broken little girl. And if we're not careful at some point, that mask is going to fall off in most <laughs> cases, unexpectedly. <laughs> and everybody yeah. is going to see what's really up underneath that. So we spend a lot of energy and time trying to keep the mask on when in, re- when in reality, we're still not dealing with what's up underneath it. Yeah, I found it so freeing when I began to live my truth, not mm-hmm. just know my truth, but to live yes. my truth. I don't know how, if that, if that makes you know, sense to anyone. But when I started to see um, who I was and when I had to make, again, we really learn a lot about ourselves when we have transitions or even trauma. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay, this is who I am. I'm trying to figure this out. And so once I got clear about that and really confident about that, I was inconsistent because I wasn't living it. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the pieces that I said, okay, so what are you going to do about it? And how do you do that? And I know that you work with all, <laughs> I, I mean, just looking at me, like I said, you can kind of tap in, pull in, example in from so many frameworks, but what do you, <laughs> how do you, what, what keeps you first? What keeps you inspired? What keeps you kind of going? Because you are dealing with lots of stories and helping people refine and define their narratives. But what really keeps you inspired in this process? Honestly, I would say my own story. Um, And what I mean by that is just my past and knowing where I have come from and knowing Um, Just how much progress I have made just as a woman, as an individual, that alone inspires me. And it's not to say that I have had like this traumatic past or this traumatic childhood, but there have been moments in my life where, you know, I've dealt with depression. I've had suicidal thoughts. um, You know, I've had low self-esteem. I've, you know, had those thoughts of not feeling good enough. And, you know, dealing with imposter syndrome and all of the other things that come with just being a woman and being a black woman on top of that. Yeah. So just knowing just through the grace of God, how he, you know, delivered me from a lot of different situations and experiences and how he has just really shaped me and molded me into the woman I am today. That 
alone inspires me. And so when I think about those moments and I reflect, it just kind of gives me more fuel to keep pushing and to be able to pour into other women, to pour into other people and to give them what I have. Wow. So many things that you just said, just, oh my gosh. I'm like, okay, those are, you know, she had to come back. We'll have to like break down each one of those. <laughs> but I was sitting there going, okay, yeah, that's like a whole nother show. Okay, yeah, that's like a whole nother show. Okay, yeah, we just might have to have regular Lakia to pop in, you know. But um, because what you said was that there's often shame attached to our stories mm-hmm. and, and part of our, you know, our tape. And so we wear these masks, even amongst women and other women that we call friends and family. Yes, yes. And that part. And so when you can say, oh, I'm going through this and I'm still in progress to, you know, evolve out of this, that to me is power and that's Mm -hmm. courage. For so long, we had to have this fake cape of being the superhero to everybody, Mm -hmm. but to ourselves. Right. And that part is what I was hearing like the most is like, you know, like you said, I how bold and courageous to say, oh, I've had those thoughts. Oh, I've been depressed. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've had because no, I'm OK. I'm good. Isn't that the favorite thing? Oh, I'm good. Oh, yeah. We love to say that. Love <laughs> that is like the automatic response. Good. What does good look like to you? So, again, the little agitator and be like, OK, so what does good look like? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can you show me what good looks like? Because you was just crying and you was in there drinking two bottles of wine to just get through the night. So what does good look like to you? Because I'm <laughs> no shade, no judgment, but <laughs> help me understand good. Because this ain't it. Because <laughs> this ain't it. Because unless these are tears of joy, because we are about to celebrate something. And so what I had to do, though, because I'm a very private person, not so much. And I had to, though, but I had to do some inner work to see what part of this is guilt and shame because of decisions that I made. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I wasn't forgiving myself. What part of it was that and other part of that? Oh, I didn't think that it really would matter or help people. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you want to know that? And I used to always say when people would ask me like personal questions and I would get offended if I don't know you because I would, you know, <laughs> this is sarcasm in me, y'all. And those y'all been listening, you know, they would say like, hi. And then they would ask me something that had no relation to like our right now. And I would say, well, what part of hi gave you an invitation into my personal business? <laughs> and the look on their face would be like I said exactly that's how I feel whatever I want you to know I will tell you period Mm -hmm. and I'm talking about those people that you don't have relationship with you know what I mean Mm -hmm. those people Mm -hmm. that people that are your ride and flies they know you know they'll get it all in your mix I'm not talking about those people I'm talking about Gladys Kravitz who's always trying to get in your mix and they'll say, Oh, okay. Like I'll get this a lot because you know, I am divorced and my son, who's my every he's, he's so such a big part of my life and my why, but he's not the totality of me. Mm -hmm. He's just the great part of me. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so 
I would, um, I would be out somewhere and I'm talking to people and, you know, they might get an Xavier story. And I had this like random woman who's like, okay, so does he still see his dad? What part of that is your business? And I always said, how is that going to help you advance the kingdom of God? Exactly. And they're like, are you just being healthy? <laughs> so, and I got that from somebody who said, they said, they start asking people and how does that knowledge help you advance the kingdom? That's a good one. I'm going to have to start using that. <laughs> it's so good. But can I tell you what's the best part of that? Is seeing their faces. <laughs> when you say that. And then, but so, and, and in the beginning, I'm honest, I did it because I know that I'm pretty lethal, like with words and I can shake people with my words. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, God, I don't want to shake them with my words. I do want to inform and I do want to educate them about how to communicate and how to connect with people. Mm-hmm. And there's power in, in that verbiage. So what do I do? And I didn't realize the impact of my story on the people that are connected to me. Mm-hmm. Because they had a persona that everything that my life has always been so great and my life has been so perfect because again, for 16 years, I lived overseas. I lived internationally. I traveled internationally. I did take amazing vacation. You know, I was always doing things when they saw me, it was in the summer and I was usually shopping, you know, it was all of that. So they had a persona and they, oh, you have this job, you're doing these different things. And even to be honest with you, even now, people still have that. I'm probably the silliest, goofiest nerd, you know, fabulous nerd that people, but people always think that I, they put me on this pedestal without mm-hmm. even really knowing my truth or me. And so what I had to do was to help them see me so that they can have the breakthrough that they need. I don't need you to revere me, honey. I need, I don't need that at at all. What I need you to do is understand you. So then when we're together, we can create a synergy to create something better and that we augment each other. And so I don't need you to be me, want to be me or whatever. I need you to be the best version of you so I can bring the version of me and we can create something greater. And so I had to start sharing my story and they were like, oh, that happened to you? Yeah. How do you think I got so fabulous? I've been through some things. And I feel like we can't be honest with other people and we can't show up authentically um, in life until we are honest with ourselves. Mm, Tweet that, y'all. And just embracing our truth, embracing our story. Because you're right. I think people have a perception about us based on their experience with us and based on what limited knowledge they may have about us. And so they may assume that, you know, we're great. We're making moves. We're fabulous, but they don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And I, I sometimes have to be mindful too of making sure that I remain transparent. Even now being like a business owner and entrepreneur, people will assume like, oh my gosh, you know, you're just doing big things. You know, you're making moves. Everything is great. And I'm just like, y'all, if y'all only knew the behind the scenes that... <laughs> Yes, honey. It is hard running a business. <laughs> it is it not is. hard. <laughs> it, it is. And that's the part too, is that that running a business, and I applaud you for even, like you said, you're stepping out there and you're being transparent. I don't believe that everybody needs to know all your business. So I will go that, that disclaimer out. Being transparent doesn't mean telling you 
my business. It means me showing up as my authentic self. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and whatever that I have for you, I can share with you, but it doesn't mean. And now for anyone out there that does this, um, this is just Dina's take on it. Okay. It really used to aggravate me, but now I just had to let it go. When people will always throw up receipts and just want to show their bank statements and show that that's not a receipt of, did they get a transformation? Did they, were they able to apply what you gave them? You know, that means somebody bought from you. The receipt for me is what did they get to do? How did they elevate their life, their business from what you gave them? To me, that's the receipt. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't attached to that, but it became this process. We go, I show my receipts. I show my receipts. Now, testimonials are great. Those are great receipts, right? But when people are just showing you how many cash app notices they got, I used to really just like, well, wow, is that what we've come to? How much I can sell you? Mm-hmm. And for me, it's all about what can I do to help transform you? And when I say transform, meaning for you to transform and evolve to the better version of who you are on a continual basis. What is that? I don't know. That's for you to know. But can I give you tools and tips to do that? And what non-negotiables have I used in my life that might help you? And I call those diva hacks. Yeah. Okay. And 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 to do that. But I, I saw this whole run on social media where people were doing that to try to prove that they were a great business owner. Or true that there, and I thought, does that okay? I, I I didn't get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it. And anybody can make money. Anybody can generate income. But can you keep it? Can you maintain it? Do you have a strategy to help you sustain long term? And that's you know, a lot of people I'm seeing now, you know, it's just for show. It's not for you know, really truly helping people, like you said, transform. I don't see Warren Buffett going, hey, here go my receipts, y'all. Exactly. <laughs> I don't see, you know what I'm saying? I don't Most see Jack. People don't have to flaunt. They don't have to flaunt. That part. That's, and that's, and I, and I guess that's the other piece. And I tell people a lot of times, they go, I didn't know you were doing that. 90% of what I'm doing and working on is not on social media. Mm-hmm. You know, I know social media is a tool. So social media algorithms listening. Okay. Yes. It's a tool. I love having a relationship with you, but it is not my sole relationship with what I do. Yes. And, um, and I had to, you know, I had a, I had a client who, um, prior to her, um, coming on board, she would, she's like, oh, I want you to do this. And, and, and by no means it is definitely worth the investment. If people choose to work with me, she wanted to do an intensive um, with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in transparency, I have no problem telling people what an intensive cost to do with me. So she was willing to invest if she wants a half day, $5,000 to spend X amount of time going through her business, pre audit, you know, all this other kinds of stuff like that. And a day of really working through putting systems in place, et cetera, hands-on stuff. And so she was like, okay. And I remember she called me before we signed the final deal. Now she came to me. And so she was telling me that, again, when we talk about that, she was battling, okay, I've got a little anxiety, you know, blah, blah, you know, um, I know that it's worth it. I've kind of seen, you know, what you do. So-and-so told me X, you know, I've seen these things, but can you convince me? And I said, I'm not in the convincing business. Mm -hmm. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) 
I said, I'm not, and I'm not getting ready to. I said, again, you come to me. Here's what I can do. Here's my guarantees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, mm-hmm. I give you a guarantee because if you don't get what you um, expected, I'll give you all your money back. Mm. No qualms. I said, because I, I know me, I bet on me. And that took a growth space <laughs> for me. Yes. To ask for what. I, you know, what I know, I I mean, I'm priceless, but to ask what was fair for Mm -hmm. the exchange of what we were doing Mm -hmm. and to stand in that when someone's challenging me. And I told her, she goes, well, I went on your social media and you don't do a lot of followers. I said, oh, I said, and, but did I not give you a comprehensive social media strategy? (laughs) I said, so here's what I'm going to tell you is that my ideal client they don't rely on social media to make their millions and their billions. Exactly. <laughs> and they're actually yeah. private people. And so those are my ideal clients. So me sharing what I do with them and what I built for them is part of the NDA. Mm-hmm. I said, so I like working with people where we have to have an NDA. And we have one anyway with most people. But I'm saying it is not about that. I said, so how I show up even on social media is important to the people that I'm called to serve. Mm-hmm. And she goes, Oh, okay. And, and I said, and actually for what I'm doing with you, I usually only work on a referral basis. Mm. I'm not going to have all these questions. About, my about you trying to question my work and my worth. <laughs> right. Well, well, actually, she goes, I know I've seen because, you know, we had different interactions, but she was just like, I just need you. Can we talk about that anxiety, that, that fear, you know, that like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, okay, I had to work. She was like, I had to work through my nerds. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's real. And I said, and I'll honor that because she said, well, can you just talk me through the process? I said, here's what I can do. I said, but I want you to be very clear. I don't want you to make a decision and send one single payment until you're very clear about the outcome because you cannot bring that energy into our work. Right. Mm-hmm. So that transparency piece comes from that clarity of knowing, like you said, who I am, where I'm at in my business. Now, at a time when I was pivoting, I was thinking that the old me, again, I told y'all, y'all, I've evolved, would have been like, I told her, I can sell ice to an Eskimo. <laughs> <laughs> I said, but I'm not trying to use my superpowers and later on you have regrets. Exactly. So I, I, I need you to work it through and come to me. And she's been, oh my God, the work we've done is amazing. The things that she's doing is amazing. The launch and the messages, the private, you know what I mean? She's mm-hmm. done a testimonial. She's, you know what I mean? That was key. That's a receipt for me is how she's been able to move her business, generate additional streams. Mm-hmm. clarifying some processes and some promo. And it was like, she's like, Oh my God, you know? Yes. And so I told her that, you know, it's not easy. I said, and I don't want to pitch myself as such and such, even as an entrepreneur. Cause people was like, why'd you do entrepreneurship? Entrepreneurship happened to me, honey. I didn't mm-hmm. go into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it definitely wasn't on my radar <laughs> initially. Mm-hmm either so checks that come on regular i was just like (laughs) you know i can because it was even a a struggle launching out on my own initially because you know you get used to those consistent paychecks yeah the only thing you have to worry about is submitting your time you don't have to worry about any other responsibilities but 
I'm just grateful to God that he had already developed certain skills within me that I could apply to, you know, my now. And I think a lot of times we get so frustrated about the things that we go through. Obviously, in the moment, it may not feel good. We may, you know, be wondering, like, why do I have to do these things? What does this matter? But everything, I believe, is always, you know, building us for what's next. And so had I not gone through the things that I went through working in retail, (laughs) that helped me build some tough skin because moving into, you know, my career and being in management and then, of course, transitioning into entrepreneurship, a lot of those skills that I learned have been beneficial even for me now. What would you say is the like the skill that has served you the best? Oh, patience, because working in retail, you know, you're face to face with people. So you can't say what you want to say. Most cases, you can't look the way you want to look. So people are coming, especially if um, they're coming with issues or challenges and having to learn to be patient with them and not take things personally. Because when I first launched my private practice, one of the things that initially would bother me sometimes was if I would see a client for the first time and let's say they didn't come back, I would take that personally. But I had to realize that it's not about me. Number one, I may, I'm not a therapist for all people. So there are just going to be some clients that we're just not going to jail well together. And I have to be okay with that. Number two, people have to be ready for change. They have to be honest with themselves about being ready to do the, to do the work. So I let clients know up front and I give them the, you know, the disclaimer that this is hard work, but I'm going to be here for you to support you through it. And so, you know, they'll come in, they'll make some progress and then, you know, they'll come in another session later and they're like, man, you know, I relapsed or man, this happened. And, and I have to honor where they are. You know, I don't judge them. I don't criticize them. But I realize and honor where they are because we all have things that we're trying to unlearn about our lives. We all have thought patterns and different ways that we've always shown up in life that we are having to unlearn as adults. And that's just hard work. Mm, that is so good. I mean, like, <laughs> y'all, that's a, that's a whole nother show. Dang, we done made like eight shows. I don't. But it's what you said was so powerful is that, and of all of that, not only the tool is that what you do and who you are and who you're called to serve mm-hmm. is not everybody, That's just right. those that connect and respond to the sound of your voice. That's right. And your calling. And that if we are just in it to sell and go and all those different types of things, unless we're talking about like toilet paper and paper towels, <laughs> we're not for everybody. But even even in that, even in that, there's still different brands that people, some like the one ply, others like the two ply, some mm-hmm. like the Scott that's a little harder. And then the other Charmin, let me squeeze you a little bit, you know, angel soft. And you know what I'm saying? It's like, even within that category, there's still a multiple, there's still variables that you can have that's going to fit who you are. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, and, and I, again, I love to speak in metaphors and similes, but I hope that as you listen, that you get the point is that you're not here to serve everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're here to serve somebody. 
mm-hmm. and that somebody are the ones. So people, <laughs> I tell them they're not your client unless they pay you. That's true. People say, oh, that's my client. Did they pay you? That's true. You know, and I'm not talking about men because you might have a mentor relationship. And I would say that in the broader scale, because, and you could do exchange and bartering. What I mean paying, is there an exchange? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's there. And I had to have that talk with me because all of this black girl magnetism and magic, I used to just give away. Mm-hmm. I came from a government job where I couldn't take money for what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Literally, no, ethically, you sign a paper, you cannot take money or gifts <laughs> for what I was doing. And so when we talk about what's our, on our tape, what we've been saying to ourselves, how we've, you know, let our, you know, all of that stuff, that is all part and partial to how we engage and interact with people. And so we have to honor that and become aware and become conscious of what our triggers are, um, why we're doing certain things, why we are we're stuck, why we have maybe high anxiety, why even that certain people may repel us. Because mm. they may subconsciously be reminding us of an experience that wasn't pleasant. But when you become aware of who you are, and for me, whose I am too, it began to change the game for me. Mm-hmm. And so that's why when I think about what is it like to walk through the glass and how do I go on this journey is literally one day at a time, one situation at a time, because God had to sit me down and teach me and remind me to be present. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Because a lot of times we're so focused on what's next that we miss what's now and we'll mm. live our lives. You know, it, it's like kind of pe- how people grow old and they're just like, man, what did I do with my life? Like, I don't want to be that person that sits back, sits back and wonders like, okay, what did I really do with my life? Because I was so focused on the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And I feel like society has a lot to do with that because there's pressure to perform, pressure to always be coming out with something new or doing something different. And it's like, if you don't learn how to get present, to be present and to get into his presence, Ooh, like, nothing else matters because the present is all we have right now. That's all, all we have is this moment. We don't have anything else. The past is what it is. The future is to come, but all we have is this moment. And so how and do we take advantage of it? And as recent events will show you, whether mm-hmm. it's Bryant's death, the COVID-19 crises, and, and just all of this, this stuff that's happening globally, if that don't teach you how to celebrate the now. Okay. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. I keep telling people, that doesn't mean you have to forget about the future. You still have big dreams and bold ideas and that you can still aspire, aspire and manifest and mentally visualize those things. It's not a complete dream shutdown. You see, all it is is saying that, okay, I know where I'm going and growing. I know what I want. I'm just not committed to the how I'm going to get there because I'm going to take each moment that leads me to that. And I was working with another client the other day, and I think we went round and round about that. I said, because she'd go back to, but I said, you're not hearing. You're asking me this question and you're, you're taking, you're going from one inch of the spectrum to the other and not understanding that there's a gray Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to get comfortable in gray and gray is that meditative state. You can't dictate. And if you are trying to script every action 
then you can do that. But guess what? You cannot script the reaction <laughs> or nope. the consequences. Nope. So you better just claim it, name it, and move and process it and deal with it instead of trying to orchestrate. And God said, I'm going to need you to get out of this. You think you all of that, but I'm greater. And so it's with that that I had to, like I said, really begin to do the inner work. See, I've done a lot of inner work. And what people see now is the evolution that's always, that's in constant. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, because I've been through some things. So people are like, how do you know that I've been through some stuff? <laughs> Let me say that again. Put people in the back. And so in going through that, I had to have some tough conversations, some tough, tough conversations. And, and I know that we kind of have to wrap up. Of course we went over time. I've been, I was like, I might have to just restructure. I think I've gone over time each time. And, that, but it's so good. It's so good information. And for those that are listening, but I want to make sure that you have like this final thought, um, especially with your expertise and leaving people with what's the one thing that they can do like right now in their present moment to help them with their next. I know that's kind of like, whoo. But I know you got something. I would definitely say one thing. Okay. So one thing that people could do right now to help them with their next. Believe. Ooh, that's I think, so cool. Yeah, just, just believe. I mean, I think we make believing much harder than it has to be. There's not a formula to it. <laughs> there is no. Yeah. Just believe. And have the faith to see it through and trust the process. Ooh, that's good. That's succinct. That's good. That's special. Now, also, how I cannot, I'd be remiss. How can people, now you'll be get all our contact information and you can check down in like the notes section, but how for the people that's listening here, how, what's the best way for them to connect or to follow you or to kind of see all that other magic that you're putting out there? Um, so my website is www.thesorefirm.com. And then I'm also on Facebook under The Sore Firm and also on Instagram under The Sore Firm. And I also mm-hmm. just launched a YouTube page as well. So I've been posting a few videos and my goal is definitely to post more content. But I am also on YouTube under The Sore Firm. So that's S-O-A-R. That is so cool. That is so cool. And now, like I said, y'all got a whole something, something, and then some something, something. Um, and this, and we'll definitely have to have <laughs> come back and and put build some more like time, and maybe we'll do a special. I've been as I've been doing additional, you know, shows, I'm like, wow, that person, that's like a whole session, you know, like a whole special, like mm-hmm. a, a summit to really dig through some layers of some stuff. So that's been like working in my mind. And I know there's so much more um, to, we could talk about and address. And so we'll definitely have to come back um, to do that. And I want to thank all of you for listening to Walking Through Glass, the podcast. And here's my final thought. Know that you have the power and the authority to transform your situation. So get clear about what you really want, which will lead to you being confident about who you are called to be and allow you to stay consistent on how you are called to serve. And that's what we have with this episode of Walking Through Glass. Until you listen again, 
I'm signing out and have a wonderful, wonderful, transformative day. Bye-bye. Real talk. Radio.